Well, good morning, contact family. We're going to continue our series today on Good Friday. These things that happened in the 24-hour period, starting with washing the feet and going to the the Last Supper, which we did last week, and we, we really thought about the Passover meal last week. Today we're going to be looking at the prayers in the garden, and then leading up next week, so we'll look at the arrest and the trial and the cross and the burial. That's a lot for one week, which is why we're mostly just going to read it next week. Today we're going to do something that's a little bit akin to this thing called Lectio Divina, which means divine reading. It's this method of studying the Bible or meditating on the Bible, where we read a passage multiple times. So our passage today, we're going to read it three times. Those times are going to be separated by singing some verses of a song. And the first time, we're just going to read it. The second time, we're going to talk about what we're reading as we read it. And the third time, we're going to apply it. And I hope that's going to be a useful way to go through this. But this is something that, you know, you see we've got the, the trees up on the stage to remind us of Jesus being in the garden as he prays. So let's keep that in mind. Let's keep what Jesus is heading towards, towards the cross, what's just happened in mind as we read this passage the first time. And this time I just want you to listen and hear it. Okay? Listen and hear it. From Mark chapter 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples, found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. The word of the Lord. Let's sing. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless. 
Bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. I need Thee every hour. Stay Thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when Thou art nigh. I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Thee. Let's talk about it a little bit. What happened there in the garden? They went to a place called Gethsemane. Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. This is a garden on the Mount of Olives. And this is a place that Jesus has been to a bunch of times, and we know that because in John chapter 18... Verse 2, Judas knew the spot when he comes to betray Jesus because they often came there. Or in Luke twenty two thirty nine, 39, it says that Jesus went as usual to the Mount of Olives. So this is a place that Jesus likes to go to, a place he's often taken his disciples to, a place that has some meaning and significance for Jesus, a place where he can go and be in prayer and commune with God. Now, he has two rings of disciples. Did you catch that? He tells his disciples to sit here while I go and pray. And this, this happens later in this passage. In Luke, right at the beginning, he tells them to pray that they won't fall into temptation. So maybe he's told them all this, and he says it again. I don't know how the timing works on all these pieces. But for some reason, he has his group of, well, Judas is gone, so we're down to 11, minus three, so there's eight disciples that are set further out. Sit here while I go pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Those are words we're not always used to with Jesus, right? We're used to a lot of confidence and authority. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. So now he's got his inner circle, right? These are the same three disciples that he takes with him when he raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. The rest of the disciples stay outside and these three come in. And then when he goes up to the mountain of transfiguration where he meets with Moses and with Elijah, he just takes Peter James and John with him too. Are these just his best friends? Is there something that these guys do and say that brings them to the inner ring? We don't, we don't really know. But, but he takes these three with him for something extra during this time. And to these three, he shows his anguish. To the others, he just says, stay here, I'm going to go pray. When he gets with the other three, that's when it starts to show. Going a little further, so he's left them now. 
going even further back. He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Matthew 26, 39 says, not just that he fell to the ground, but he fell face down to the ground. I think there's something extra. I mean, that is kind of how you fall, right? But, I mean, you get that face into the dirt, or maybe the grass. This is a garden. You hear that pain? You hear that struggle that's going on with Jesus here? Something is happening, and he knows it's coming. He doesn't want it. He says, Abba. You've probably heard something before about this Abba word, meaning like daddy. For those of you with children, what would it be like to know they're going to go through this and to hear them saying, daddy? Anything's possible for you. You can do anything Does it have to be this way? Does it have to be this way? Just take this cup from me. So the cup is this idea that appears a lot in the Old Testament. You know, we don't know what happens to Jesus when he dies on the cross. There's traditional history of different things. We know there's a passage in Peter about him preaching to the spirits in prison there's a good chance that Jesus goes to hell when he dies. And that separation with God that he's never experienced in all eternity happens. But this cup is this cup of judgment. And the sins of the people fill up this cup. And Jesus has to drink it. Jesus drinks it for us. Jesus gets to drink it in a way, but it's also... Imagine taking into yourself all the wrongs that have been done this week, this month, this year, this decade, forever. Can you imagine that? That is a big cup. take it away. But it's not what I want, it's what you want, God. You hear that echo of the Lord's prayer that he taught his disciples. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What you want, God, not what I want. You're returning to his disciples found him sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. I don't know why he just directs it at Peter. Not at the other two. just an observation. Why couldn't you just stay awake for an hour? 
this phrase, this watch phrase, keep watch. You know, you've heard it other places, like, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So keep watch. Or, or you remember during Christmas time, we talked about that passage in, in Mark about how the, the end of time, that's also just the end of the age, and Jesus says, keep watch. Keep watch and pray. This is a discipline, right? Is it hard to stay awake when your body's ready to go to sleep? (laughs) Is it hard to keep your mind focused on the things of God when the things around us get in the way? Yeah, yeah, it is. Keep watch, pray. So you don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. Remember Paul says, I do what I don't want to do. I don't do the things I want to do. What a wretched man I am. Who will save me from this body of death? What's the answer? Christ will. But we've all experienced this, right? Where we want to do something, we have a good intention That's what the disciples are seeing. I think we're also seeing something about Jesus here. Spirit is willing. He knows what he has to do. He knows what he wants to do for us. But man, at the same time, he doesn't want to, right? Because he knows the body's going to get ripped apart. He knows he's going to go through a time of pain and anguish unlike he's any ever experienced. Spirit is willing. Flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. Matthew 26, 43 says it slightly different. Where instead of saying, if it's possible, he, he's a little more accepting. But still, may your will be done. God, I don't want this. I don't want it. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. You been there? What do you say? You know you did what you shouldn't have done or didn't do what you should have done. There's no excuse. Jesus doesn't even say anything. In the Matthew version, he just walks away from him. Doesn't say a word. Doesn't need to. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Luke doesn't include the three prayers, just the one. And it has an extra detail. It says that angels came and attended him, and that he had sweat like drops of blood. Now, some of the earliest manuscripts don't include this, so we don't know if this was what Luke wrote originally or not. Even if he didn't, doesn't it show and remind you of how intense this was for Jesus? And you can hear it, right? There's a theologian who said something along the lines of, the victory was won here in the garden. 
Jesus keeps going back to God and saying, I don't want this, but I will do what you want. Take me deeper into your will. Give me the strength to get through this. Would Jesus have made it to the cross if he hadn't been so deeply connected to God? I don't know. But here, the decision was made. Here, the decision was made to suffer for you and for me. Enough, he finally says. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. It's go time. And that'll lead us into next week. Let's sing again. I need thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide, or life is vain. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee, I need thee every hour. Most holy one, oh, make me thine indeed, thou blessed Son. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, me now, my Savior, I come to thee. really wanted to separate this part from the last part because I, I don't know that the purpose of this passage is for us to draw a lot of application out from it. I think that the most important piece of this is to see and to experience some of what Jesus went through here and to feel that anguish and that pain. And so we wanted to sit with that for a second. We are going to pull some things out of here because it's Jesus, so we still learn so much from what Jesus does. But this time we're going to think towards what we can draw out of this. But, but in some way keep that in a mental box, separate from what Jesus went through. Does that make sense? There's just something here that needs to pull at our hearts and not just engage a practice we can learn. Thank you, Jesus, for the pain. Thank you, Jesus, for submitting to God's will. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Let's read the passage again, and this time we'll find some new things in it. He went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, 
and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. I want to give you three P's of prayer here. First one is place. Place. Jesus goes where? Garden of Gethsemane, the Mount of Olives. A place that he's been many times before. There's something significant about this place for Jesus. Of all the places in Jerusalem that he could have gone, and all the places in the surrounding countryside, he goes to this spot for this last intense prayer wrestling. This last time before he heads to the cross. Does it remind you of another garden? It's on the screen, the word. Garden reflects the idea of Eden from the very first page, right? Where God creates this space that people and God are at together and they are united and they are, are able to be in a relationship in a way that none of us have experienced and that one day we hope to experience with God. And, and later when the tabernacle is built they sew on the fabric these beautiful images of a garden. And when the temple is built they build out of gold all of these things inside that are looking like a garden. And Jesus goes to a garden. Because all of these symbols that were used throughout Israel's history are to remind people of this time when they were with God. So Jesus goes to a garden. The place of significance for him because he knows there he can be close to the Father. Where can you go? Is there a place? Is there a spot? Is there somewhere where you know it's easier to commune with God? If there's not, it's worth finding. Even Jesus had a place. Second is partners. Partners. We talked about this already. Jesus had his outer ring and he had his inner circle. Right? 
And, and do we have something like that too? Who can we call on to, to pray with us? And I think that I love you guys. You're the outer ring, a lot of you, right? And for a lot of us, that's how it is. How many did Jesus have in his inner circle? Three, right? And so not everyone is going to be the closest to you, but you might be someone's person who is in that inner circle, right? Do we have those people? Do we have people that we can lean on? Do we have a bigger community? And I think that's what praise and prayer is for us, right? Is it's our, it's our wide net that we can say, you guys be in prayer about this. But then we go to some people specifically and we say, hey, let me pour out more about this than it was on the card. That's where the deep anguish and distress or the extreme excitement and joy, right? Do we have those people? Who can we call on? If you've got those people, send them a text to say thank you today. If you don't have those people, keep your eyes open. Think about who can be in that inner ring. And a big reminder, those people are going to fail you. We hope we get better. We hope we become more steadfast as we continue to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus, that we become more steady and reliable. But there is nobody that's not going to fail you. Hopefully not every time. But eventually, probably, you're going to be let down. And that's important to remember. Jesus has his inner ring, his inner, outer ring in his inner circle. They're all asleep. They can't even make it an hour praying with him. But did he still, and can we still draw strength from those people, even if they fail us? Yeah. We get a chance to offer forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. Right? Last one is priority. Priority. The Lord's Prayer helped Jesus focus on his mission. Your kingdom come, which is his message he preached. You remember? All over. What's he doing? He's going town to town saying, repent for the kingdom of God is here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's it going to take for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven on that night? Jesus got to drink the cup. He's got to go to the cross. And I think that there's enough hints of this prayer in this passage that we can assume Jesus didn't just teach this prayer to his disciples, but that this is something Jesus was doing too. This prayer was meaningful to Jesus and helped him to stay focused and to keep priority the things of God. So what guides the priority of your prayer? Shouldn't, shouldn't it probably be the Lord's Prayer? If it led Jesus, why can't it lead you? We've talked about this before, that there's two versions of it, one in Luke and one in Matthew, and one says when you pray, pray like this. The other one says when you pray, pray this, 
Like, this is what you pray. And, and either one could really kind of mean that same thing. This, this prayer is so important because it has given Jesus the focus he needed. And for thousands of years now, it's given Christians focus we need on what's important and what we need to do to follow in Jesus' footsteps. So, my recommendation, I've made this before, I think, pray this prayer three times a day, morning, noon, and night, every day. Pray it, pray it, pray it. Can you guess what we're about to do? We're about to pray it. We've done this before, we're going to do it in Spanish, and then we're going to do it in English, okay? So, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, stumble through the first time, and we'll get to the second time, and we're going to do this together. Let's pray. Padre Nuestro. Okay, ready? Padre Nuestro, que estás en los cielos, sanctificado sea tu nombre. Venga tu reino, hágase tu voluntad en la tierra como en los cielos. Danos hoy nuestro pan diario. Perdona nuestras ofensas como también nosotros hemos perdonado a nuestros ofensores. Y no nos dejes caer en tentación, sino labranos del maligno. Porque tuyos son el reino y el poder y la gloria para siempre. Amen. And in English together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May we find the place, the partners, and the priority in our prayer. May we carry what Jesus did in the garden in our hearts to focus our will as well toward God's will. May we be thankful that Jesus loved us so much to go to the cross. Is there anything you need this morning? You can come on down as we stand and we sing.